I want to welcome you to the We Talking Spaces podcast, where we explore the power and connections. But we have a special guest today. Yay! We have um, one of my favorite people in this world. Um, I'm not only saying that because uh, it benefits me in the long run. <laughs> Um, but we have um, our beautiful engagement corner, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but Paula, can you please uh, introduce yourself or just give us a little bit about um, who you are, what you do, your hobbies? Um, yeah. Okay, sure. Thank you for having me, Stephen. Um, my name is uh, Paula, and I am the engagement coordinator here at Relove Church. Um Telling you a little bit about myself. Hmm. Well, I am. I have. I am the mother of three adult children and an English bulldog. Um, the spouse to a retired serviceman, Air Force, and um, I have. Uh, I just enjoy doing the work of the Lord. I, I like doing a lot of things. I love reading. I love doing the work of the Lord, and I love working out and spending time with family. Um, and I also just love being used by God, mm. period. Mm. Period. Exclamation mark. Yes. Period. Yes. Okay. So you love working out. Yes. Okay. Can you please tell the audience, so the people who listen to at what time you wake up every yes. morning? Every morning before the rooster crows, <laughs> 4 a.m., because I have to put in my time with God and my workout time, because those things are important for me to really, really, really be who God wants me to be through the day. Yes. So, okay. So, okay. So it, it's an important time. When did you yes. start? When did you look 4 a.m.? You're going to be a different person to wake up yes. at 4 a.m. But And it's a routine. It became a habit, but it takes a while to create a habit. Yes. So when did it, when did you know, okay, it's going to be 4 a.m.? Did you start like at 6 a.m., 5 a.m.? When did you know it was? it's supposed to be 4 a.m. for you? Well, when I started having kids, I knew I had to carve out a time for God. Mm -hmm. And so my kids are early risers, and they would wake up anytime between 6 and 6.30 in the morning, only because they went to bed early. And so there was no time in the day for me to have that time with God, so I had to sacrifice sleep. And it didn't come easy. At first, it was 5 a.m., and I'm like, okay, I could wake up a little bit earlier because then I needed to also have my workout time. So that's when 4 a.m. was born, when my kids were, all three of them, yes, were Okay, so okay, so 4 a.m. I'm still, I'm trying to, I'm still, you yes. told me this 4 a.m. story <laughs> months ago, and yes. I still can't get over the 4 a.m. Yes. I'm not going to lie to you. I woke up at 5.30 a.m. one time to work out and do my thing. I'm like, <laughs> and it was 8 a.m. I'm like, I feel like I finished like my whole day already. Absolutely. I don't know what I would do. With my day, if I woke up at 4 a.m., from 4 to 8 a.m., I could probably much do, like, everything. What yes. do you do the rest of the day? Work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, I have too much Work. time now. I got too yes. much time. What yes. do I do with this? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we talked a little bit about what I mentioned about that you are our engagement coordinator here mm -hmm. um, at yes. Relove Church. Can you tell me about, you know, a little about what you do or what what is an engagement coordinator? Oh, um, what is an engagement coordinator? First of all, I love what I do. I am the hands, the feet, the eyes, the nose, the ear, the head to Relove Church. I am the back door to the pastor. No one can slip out or in. Mm. I have, 
I want to create the experience that if you're a first time guest, that you would want to come back to relove, that Amen. you experience Amen. the power and love of God in that place. That if you became a member, I would also create um, ways for you to engage, ways for you to serve, and um, not only just want to serve, but that your heart and your mind and your spirit is just devoted to doing the work of the Lord, which requires a lot of work, amen, a lot amen. of ministry work and serving. But it's the love for God that supersedes all. And that's mm. the most important thing that we focus on. Awesome. Okay, so you talked a little bit about two different parts in your engagement uh, coordinator duties. One of them is new guests. Yes. Or first-time visitors. And the yes. second one is your actual you know, members. So you're creating spaces well, one for your first-time guests, and you're also creating spaces for uh, members that are already going. Yes. Right? What, I mean, I'm pretty sure people here are, are listening um, are not an engagement coordinator, mm -hmm. right? But they are volunteers in the church, or they, you know, they want to get involved in 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 that type of, um, you know, ministry. Um, what are examples um, that you do um, to make someone feel at home at church mm -hmm. for the first time? Right. So we'll go into the members, but let's talk just first. What spaces do you create for first time visitors, and how do you let someone feel welcomed? Because it's it's super it's mm -hmm. nerve it's nerve wracking going to a church Absolutely. for a first time. So Absolutely. how do you feel somebody feel like home or welcome for the first time? Absolutely, I'm glad you asked. So we have a connections table that are really really very very in tune with first time visitors. And um, we don't want you to feel overwhelmed, but we also allow you to sign in with a connection card that gives us the information or even your background, if you choose to do so, um, information that stays at Connections. And what we do with that is that that helps us know what you really, really want out of Relove Church. I mean, some of them just come just to be present. Some just want to be there to join life groups. And whatever you check off on that box, um, we don't quickly put you in there. But first, we really, really, really want to take time to just get to know who you are at a personal level. And that requires phone calls. That requires texting. That requires you knowing people in the church. A pastor once said that um, to really, really get someone involved in the church, they have to have a close connection with at least six people. Wow. So six. if you're only connected oh with one, guess what? You're not going to come back. So that's the goal to get you connected, closely connected with more than just five. Like that's just connections alone. Yeah, yeah. So that's so that good. would be the goal. Wow, six spaces. That's, I mean, yes. that, that's, I didn't even know that. I don't yes. know about taking notes. Then. <laughs> that's, that's, yes. so, that's so good. Okay, cool. And then so then now, what spaces are you creating for the members that are already in church? Because mm -hmm. it, it happens a lot when a member has been a, uh, you know, a church core for multiple mm -hmm. um, years that they just become um, stagnant or they just become churchgoers, mm -hmm. right? So what spaces do you create for them to either, you know, join a life group or yes. or just be more involved or volunteer? Because uh, I know it's hard, especially in, in, in the church world. So what spaces are you creating for um, church members to take the next step? Mm -hmm. So um, the church members, we have life groups and these life groups are small spaces um, 12 or under people, 12 amount of people. And these spaces create such an intimate time that you have together, not only just to fellowship 
and um, get to know each other, but you get to pray in a smaller community. So we have life groups. We also have the prayer line call that is Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. I mean, this phone call, this line is so, so important to all of our church members because you bring your request and you talk about how your week is going, how your day is going. And let me tell you, that prayer line has held so many answered prayers. People call from different, like, this is like, nationwide people tune in Mm. because you get a short devotional and then you have prayer warriors who lead on the line that pray for you personally. Wow. So that's a great thing. We have so much. Bible studies. um, We have Serve Squad. um, You name it. It, Once you come to Relove, we just take an interest of you from from you, from the connection card that you have, and we just run with it. Mm. We just run with it. Amen, amen. The prayer line I, I've heard of just experiences that people mm-hmm. have have um it's you know, been through that and it, it's, it's amazing big. just listening to the spaces that people are creating and and the experience that they feel in that space and it's early and it's a it's a great way to start your day. Yes, you know I love how passionate. You are, because I, I can feel it in your voice. You're starting to get it up <laughs> off your chair, uh, get, it, get, it, get excited. I'm ready to stand up, yes, y'all. Yes, yes. <laughs> about, about your field, which is the engagement coordinator. But but let's pause mm-hmm. and, and and let's rewind and, and tell me about um, your history, where, where where you came from, where you got brought up, mm. and, and how it led um, you to be here present day. Like, do you have enough time? I'm like in my <laughs> 50s right now. So, shorten um, that a little bit. <laughs> I'm of Samoan descent, Mm -hmm. and I come from a military family as well, my father. And so when he retired, um, we spent most of our time traveling. Mm -hmm. And when he retired, he retired in the islands of Samoa. So that's where I spent my high school, my college days, my naughty days. (laughs) Um, But they were good days. And so um, when you go to any Samoan church, you are volunteered volunteered to do everything. <laughs> like that. my parents were leaders of every ministry. And so if you were under the same roof, guess what? You were part of that ministry too. They were social committee, uh, youth leaders, pathfinders leaders, elder, everything, you can name it, and choir leaders. And all of that that I was volunteered to do, Um, It just stuck with me. And as I grew older and began to have my own family, I began to be director of every ministry possible in the Samoan church. And that's where I built my my love for serving. Mm. It came from my own childhood. You know, you kind of fell in love with it. We were at church seven days a week serving, literally in a Samoan church, seven days a week serving. And we loved it. (laughs) Like we, we loved it because everyone was there and it was almost like doing, you know, it's like the community coming together and just working together. It was, it was such a wonderful, wonderful experience. And so I think I have... On my resume, it's all just volunteer experience. Okay, so I have just you know a quick question: What experience did your parents create for you to be, you know, cool mm-hmm. with 
and, and love enjoying going to church every single day because, you know, me I growing know. up, you know, my, my, my dad was super, you know, um, it, it, leader in the church, right? And then um, and I have other friends who their parents were leaders mm. in the church. And it wasn't always, you know, sunshine and, and mm. rainbows going to church every single day. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, again? Or, you know, how do how what, what? I mean, you sound so energetic about it. What, what space did you create or did your experience create for you to feel that way about church and and now that you're a parent, mm-hmm. you know, well, what space did you create for them, for them to enjoy church mm-hmm. at a young age? I think what was important is that everything in ministry when I was young was hands-on. Everything. Like, we were serving the poor, and, like, my parents would literally just make so much food, and we'd go visit people with all that food and just pray with them and have worship with them. Um, Those experiences really, really played a big part in um, my walk with the Lord because I do that now Mm. and it becomes so normal that it's nothing that people have to tell me to do because it was something I was always raised with. I mean, we were so headstrong with even making sure that the pastors were taken care of, that my mom would wake up Sunday mornings and she'd make this big feast and she'd go serve the pastor and she would clean their yard, everything, like laundry and everything. And so, pastors, I'm making any ideas, (laughs) (laughs) right? We're in a different generation now. (laughs) (laughs) But it just made me love doing the work. And I never saw ministry as work. It was always the work of the Lord, the work of the Lord to um, grow in the work of the Lord. That's awesome. Okay. So fast forward. Um, This is, uh, you know, women's month. We are in, Mm -hmm. we are in in March. Um, Talk to me about, you know, we talked about, you know, your history of you growing Mm -hmm. up and being under your parents. Right. Um, But now talk to me about ministry, from the perspective of a woman, mm. right? Because you are a ministry a leader, yes. pretty high up there too, yes. right? And you and you're you're really yeah, good right. at, at, at what you do, right? So tell me how how it's been uh, growing up um, as a woman leader, because you don't hear um, about it that often, mm-hmm. um, especially back then. Now it's you know it's starting to come more common, and we we're pushing the envelope a lot, you mm-hmm. know more. So just give me a little background of what how it's been um, being a woman leader growing up, and mm-hmm. just seeing the women leaders before you Mm -hmm. leave the path. I think it's such a big, big deal to see women in leadership. I grew up where um, the majority of the men were chosen to be leaders in the church, Um, whether it was youth, um, anything. It was always the men. And now uh, that I have my own girls, it's like empowering them to make sure that they don't... um, that they're able to stand on their own two feet and not have to depend on a man to carry the weight of paying the mortgage. You know what I mean? Like you're able to sustain yourself. And so the more that I feel empowered as a woman to not only just be in a position to, um, cause I don't want people to just look at me as like, wow, you're a woman. What I want them importantly to see is that, I'm a woman who loves and serves the Lord Mm. and has also raised children who are empowered by that and Mm. not always 
um, in the shadows of people. That's what I wanted to say, mm. that you don't ride in the shadows of people, That's that good. the only shadow that you ride behind is God. That's good. Yes. That's good. Has I, I mean, first of all, Paula is an amazing woman, and she just built different. Okay? Oh, thank you. But... <laughs> But how has it always the way you just make it sound? It feels like it's just been easy. Easy mm. has it always been easy for you? Absolutely not. <laughs> it doesn't come easy. This face is different from what's going on in my heart right now. It's like I struggle with a lot, like doubt, um, guilt. Um, there's just a lot that I struggle with. But the beauty of all that struggle is that the greater the struggle, the greater the victory. Mm. And it's always having to surrender all of that. That's why my time with God is so important because every day takes a bit of surrender of self. It takes... Because there's an exchange that happens when you go into the presence of the Lord. And so the exchange is that he'll take my brokenness and give me joy. So if there's no exchange happening, guess what? You're still having to deal with all that stuff. That's good. Yeah. So unless you just bring it to the Lord, he gives you something else to replace that. And it's okay if it's like um, you have to do it daily because that's something I have to do daily. I have to be in that exchange space every morning before mm. I start my day. It's important That's for good. me. That's good. Okay, let's go to uh let's go to a young young Paula. Yes. Okay, young Paula and she's barely getting into ministry. Oh, okay. Okay. Was there any pushback of you going into ministry? Um, I would say so. There was a time and space where I felt like I wanted to excel so quickly. Mm. Like I knew that I had the gift of speaking and doing so much. I knew I had the gift of serving, cooking, whatever it may be. But there was a time in which I reached uh, a space where I was just... What is that word when you just hit a plateau? That's it. You plateau. And the plateau was that there was a lot of unforgiveness in my heart. I had just gone through... Uh, my mom had got remarried. My father passed away. My mom got remarried, and I did not want to talk to her. And as long as that unforgiveness was still harboring in my heart, God was not progressing me wow. to the next level. Wow. And that, as crazy as this may sound, I it took nine years for wow. me to truly forgive my mom. Like nine years of not talking to her. Like she wrote me letters, she would email, and I would just get that letter and just rip it up. Oh, so you never read any of them? I never read any of them. Wow. Because I was angry that she remarried. Mm-hmm. Like, You know, I thought my mom and dad were just going to be together forever. And so as soon as I asked my mother for forgiveness of my childish ways, um, the next month God began moving me into spaces that would excel his name, that would give him glory. And I began to be used in different ministries. And it just opened up the windows of heaven for everything else to pour into my life. Wow, the power of yes, forgiveness. forgiveness. Yes, oh nine years. Man, I was yes. just, <laughs> nine yeah. years is a long time. What a yes. what a what a story. So, what 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 do you tell um, a young lady that that you know is was in that space of of many short? She's hit that plateau at a, at a mm-hmm. young age, and how do you get out of that? How do you get out of that space? 
I think too, you really, really have to take time to, you know how you go to the doctor and you get a physical, mm -hmm. like you truly have to give yourself a spiritual checkup regularly mm, That's good because, and then don't be afraid to even, because you can't make well what you don't admit. Like you could be harboring things inside of your spirit. So if you don't say that you need help, guess what? You're not going to ever get help. But it's just bringing those things to say it and then acknowledge it. And then that's when the healing begins. So good. So yes. good. Okay, we that's young Paula. Now, now, you know, this is a, a older, more mature Paula. Mm -hmm. And God has taken her into spaces. Yes. That, you know, that <laughs> she didn't know, you know, that, that were that were that were possible. Um, and you talked a little bit about the Tao um, and things like that. Mm -hmm. What what do you do during um, those spaces of doubt when you mm -hmm. are elevated to places that you weren't expecting or you're uncomfortable and you feel like you're not, uh, I guess, worthy enough to be in those mm -hmm. spaces? How do you get out of that out of that that that, that mental space um, mm -hmm. in, in those? Yeah, pretty much. How to get out of that? Which happens a lot. Like I always feel like when there's anything to do with. Um, me being in a space where perhaps I just don't belong because I still struggle with comparison, mm. you know, comparing myself to other people's, whether it's like their resume, their stature, their position, their career, whatever it is, I still struggle with that. And so what helps me is that, I mean, because I always think that I'm so ill-equipped and the crazy thing is, is is you can't keep feeding that doubt because guess what? That doubt will win. So as soon as that doubt comes into my head, um, before I start feeding it to the next level of doubt and spiraling down, I have to stop it in its tracks. Mm -hmm. And you can only stop it with the word of God, simple, um, God's truth. And uh, as soon as that comes into play, and then I can be able to refocus, recalibrate, and um, it doesn't come easy. Trust me. It takes a lot of midday walking. It takes a lot of um, arguing with myself. And it takes a lot of me shutting everybody out. Like mm. I literally, the week of me preaching, I shut everyone in my family out. Okay. And the workspace. Yeah. I was going to say, not just your family. <laughs> and the workspace. Like I don't do anything here at work, but just uh, don't call me. Nothing. <laughs> That's, That's right. funny. That's yes. funny. How do you juggle everything in your life? Like, yeah. I mean, it just sounds like the engagement coordinator is a lot. Mm -hmm. right? But I mean, that's not, that's just only one part of your life. Mm -hmm. You still have your family. Yes. You, you still have, you know, your dog that needs a lot of attention. Yes. And so how, do you, how, do, you, how do you juggle everything in, in, in your, your life? I think because it comes from a space of structure. I don't like chaos. And so when chaos begins to come in my mind and then I just have to really shut down, mm. but I, I manage everything before three o'clock. Like that's just it. Three o'clock comes. I'm like, okay, I go for another walk. And then after that, it's like, okay, what's left over? It's like sitting at the table with all of this good food, right? Mm. You're just going to eat it all, right? Yeah. So I want to make yep. sure all of that good food is eaten before three o'clock. You know, I manage my... That's why I wake up at four in the morning. Look. <laughs> four in the morning, start my day, 6 a.m. That's when work starts for me. Six to three, then I start winding down. But it's so important to have structure, to journal, to make sure that you empty any thoughts that's in your head by just... 
um, preparing your heart and mind for what's ahead and not feeling overwhelmed by it. Because once I start to feel overwhelmed, I go for a walk yeah. and I come back and then. Look, this is free game from yes. the one and only. Literally free game. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've we been, it's a lot. I don't, I don't know how you do it. I, I just, yeah, I don't know how you do it. And, I, and I'm. Thank you. Yeah. So we've been, it's we've been. Uh, because of my cape. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring my cape, but yeah, I surrender that cape every day too. Let's, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So yeah, it's funny how you brought up cape. Um, you you preached a sermon um a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you uh you know if you haven't watched it or you haven't heard it, uh, head to our YouTube channel um and just look at Relive Church. And I, I'm pretty sure it was God Can uh, week one mm-hmm. and, and you know go back and 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 check out that sermon to get a little bit more context of what we're talking about about the cape. Mm-hmm. Okay, so really quick, the the the, the cape. We'll just shorten it really quick. Is Superwoman, mm-hmm. right? And 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 put on this cape and and you do all these amazing things and juggle life and you have to be this amazing perfect woman, right? But you let the cape almost hinder what God is trying to do mm-hmm. through you, right? Go deeper into what you meant by the cape. I think uh, what or explain what the cape is and then yes, then, and then ask deeper. Yeah. I have this cape that I wear because my kids and my husband and everyone who knows me thinks. I, I'm invincible. Like, I can do it all. And I live up to that standard because I have the cape. Like, my kids, when they were young, thought that I had a hidden cape in my closet. And and I let them believe that. And this cape, putting on this cape, makes me feel like I can do it all. I'm on top of the world. My chest just puffs up. And my shoulders just kind of go back and my head is lifted. And then I see myself standing on the mantle higher than God. Wow. And it just, and the, the crazy thing is the higher you are, the air just is thinner. Like you can't breathe. It's almost like once the standard is set, you feel like you have to go higher and higher. And the higher you go, the less you hear God's voice. And um, it becomes bothersome. And it's stressful. It's stressful having that cape. So every day I have to surrender that cape, that cape of perfection, that cape of um, the kitchen's not cleaned right. Uh, what is this? It's like, well, the kitchen is clean, period. And and being okay with not having, not being the perfect mom or having the perfect thing to say or being the perfect spouse Mm -hmm. being okay with that yes being okay with that that's good i mean it was it was a a powerful thank you praise the lord as as it is so i i highly recommend you um Mm -hmm. to go check out that sermon and and just dive deeper into it and and really really take notes on Mm -hmm. on what it was because um paula really broke down what the cape was um and, and you know from a perspective of a mom mm-hmm. a woman leader it was it was a really good um sermon mm. right so i have one last um question, question to to ask you and this is kind of like the overall theme of of why we you know we mm-hmm. brought you you here and it's this so as a woman mm-hmm. what spaces were critical for the success you've experienced in your field mm. and that could be you know and if you if you're past a spaces that mm-hmm. someone created for you mm-hmm. to elevate you to where you're at now or the spaces that you had to create yourself to get um to where you're at because you're very successful in, mm. in what you do um and what you've done so what what spaces um, were critical in, in that success i think what was uh critical was 
my parents really, really enforced family worship daily. Like it was something we did every morning or the evening and then creating that space to memorize scripture and, you know, um, being intimate with God and also seeing them both as their individual self. Like my mom never like stood in the shadows of my father. Like she was her own position. Mm. She had her own position and my husband, my dad had his own position. And, and, and they were both great speakers as well in the church, leaders and speakers. Um, I think also what helps me is that I have a great group of girlfriends who are my accountability partner. There's six of them. And we are constantly meeting and pouring into each other. When one person struggles, guess what? We show up. Mm. And the ministry of presence was so strong in my life growing up. Like people showed up because my parents made it sure that we showed up for other people. And so ministry of presence was so present that I grew up thinking that, no, knowing that that was very important um, to create with other people, the ministry of presence, just being present for people. And being a woman really, really, really is empowering. When you can sit in a room where you're the only woman in a room full of men and it's very diverse, um, it can make you feel as if your ego can go through the roof. But truly, it makes me feel as if, wow, we've come a long way. Mm, We've come a long way from where we were. Amen to that. Yes. Thank you. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for this. It's, it's a lot. You know, one, it was free game. Two, it was empowering. Mm-hmm. And, and three, for all the young ladies, you know, listening to to Paula, you can always reach her <laughs> through our social yes. media. We, you know, we can always contact, um, you know, her through through our social media accounts or just leave a comment in the in the um, comment section or a question in the comment section. And we, and we can always try to answer all the questions you have, either in ministry, in yes. life, being a mother. Absolutely. Um, Paula is the the go-to person for all of us. She keeps it real. And, and we're super excited and super happy that we have her here. Good to be here. At Relive Church. Anyways, hey, thanks once again for tuning in with us. Um, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Remember to share, um, send it to people. The more people you send it to, the more people hear about uh, the life change that we're trying to produce yes. here and the space that we're trying to create. And don't forget about the spaces that you're creating also on your day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. We want to know um, about them, if you're creating them, how many you're creating. Um, and then if you really want to talk about one specific space, put it down in the comment section and we want to mm-hmm. you know, hear about it and pray about it. And once again, thank you for tuning into the We Talking Spaces podcast. Podcast. Um, before we close out, uh, Paula, can you pray for us? Absolutely. Let us pray. Father God, I just thank you for just tuning us up when we need it. And moments where we need you and call out to you, Lord, your ear is not deaf, nor your hand is short to save us. So we thank you that your word is always so timely. I pray for every ear that is heard, every voice who wants to be heard, Lord, that uh, you take it and you create something beautiful from it. I pray that this word that has been spoken does not return back void, but Lord, that you would use it, that it would give comfort and love to someone who needs it. So I thank you going forward. And uh, we just thank you in advance on how you're going to unfold your glory in us through us, through this podcast. We thank you. We love you. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. See you guys.